Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, Every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And this week is no exception. Super excited to have Pastor Carl from Mosaic Christian Church. It's a fantastic church that you need to be following along with. Carl is uh, the church planter of this church. Uh, This is in uh, Maryland. It's one of those areas where, frankly, you know, fast growing churches don't normally grow, but that's not the case with Mosaic. God's done an amazing story there. We're super excited to have Carl on the show today. Carl, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here, man. Yeah, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about the church, give us a bit of the story, a bit of the flavor, kind of uh, help us uh, kind of get our heads around a mosaic. Yeah, the short of it is we planted it 12 and a half years ago, fall of 2008. We were a parachute plant, meaning my wife and six-month-old daughter and I moved here Mm. from Louisville, Kentucky, not knowing a single person in the state of Maryland who would be a part of this. And um, we had fundraised well. We had good organization we were working with, but it was daunting. We launched a movie theater. We had, you know, 90 people that first year. I remember people right. on launch day were saying, is this good? I said, I don't know. It's neither good nor bad. It's just what, where, where we are. <laughs> it's who's here. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, we just uh, grinded and grinded. And um, today, uh, I mean, numbers tell part of a story, right? And yeah. so we are, uh, we've been on the fastest growing church list two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved into our own, uh, I don't know what it is, $11 million facility a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And, um Things are just really going well. That's fantastic. Give us a sense of the flavor of the church. How would you, you know, what would we think is kind of what God, what has God used in this, in this journey? Kind of how is, you know, what's your unique church print when you think about uh, Mosaic? Yeah. And I love that question because I think that's so important. Um, One thing I really believe in, in one of my early learnings in Mm -hmm. pastoring and church planting Mm -hmm. is the mistake I made that I think a lot of us fall into is we want to, um, copy culture and create systems from other mm. churches. Mm. And so what I mean is we go to um, another church's conference or we read a pastor's book or a, or a leadership book and we say, you know, we hear them talk about their work culture and their their Christian culture and say, that's what I want. I want to I feel that here. Mm. And so we try and mm. recreate their culture. But then we'll sit around with, you know, our whether it's staff or volunteers or elders or whatever and say, how should we do discipleship? And, you know, which can be an endless discussion. And there is a place for that discussion. Um, but we can reinvent the wheel so many times. And I think we get it backwards mm. where I think we actually need to copy systems. Like there's been people, right? You know, there's a hundred books out there on discipleship from the last year, right? Like just yes. take one yes. of them. They're yes. all biblical. <laughs> Use one of that. <laughs> Use one of them. Um, they're all from the Bible. They can all make it when I hear any of them, I'm convinced of it, right? I'm the guy who read like eight different books on discipleship. And like after each one, I was convinced that was the right way to do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's so true. And, and, but I think we need to copy systems mm-hmm. and create culture mm. and say like, okay, I, I like what they have, but, but that's not me, right? I'm, mm. I'm not wired like that famous preacher. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not as thoughtful as that famous author or whatever it is. Mm. 
and I need to create our own unique culture. I don't need to reinvent discipleship. Um, And so one thing I think we've done a good job of is, I mean, I do think you got to imitate till you can innovate, you know, but um, I think we've done a good job of copying systems and creating culture. And for us, that culture um, isn't groundbreaking, but it is unique for us. It's that Mm -hmm. we are a church of where open brokenness is the thing that's celebrated above all else. Mm. And I think as long as a church knows what their thing is, it can be great. I think it's when we try and change those things that it's not. For mm-hmm. example, I have, I have we we planted another church in Maryland that for the first several years, their um, their thing was being known as the serving church in the community, and they mm. they kick butt at it. But yes. um, when they tried to like change that every couple of years, is when their church got lost a little bit. Anyway, mm. that's a long I, so answer, but... but. I, no, no, that's oh, great. I love that. And I love this idea of um, really going on a bit of your own self journey as a leader, as a team. What is it that God's calling you to do? I love the idea that you've kind of arrived at this idea of open brokenness and how that applies to your leadership. Help us understand the process you went through to understand that, to kind of tease out what is some of that uniqueness? What is it that you believe God's called your church uniquely to? I'd love to hear more about that. I think um, when you're the leader, you even if you're a leader of a particular ministry or even a leader of, of a small group, you have mm-hmm. to love the thing you lead mm, or you won't true. last there. <laughs> and I think you have to love it on more than just like a heady level, like not just believe in it, but love it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I've been part of ministries where like I, when, the, when the leader explained the motive for the vision, I agreed with it like in my head, but my heart just wasn't drawn to it. It felt like it was for other mm. people, not for me. Mm. And I know this is tricky because like the whole essence of the of following Jesus is to serve others, right? Like that's what Jesus mm. does. But Jesus says, I give you life to the full. Mm. So it's not like the apostles weren't getting anything out of this life of serving right. others. Right. Therefore, I think we have to figure out as leaders, what is the church I want to go to? Right. That's what I want to lead. You love it. Right. Love it. If I don't want to go here, if my spouse doesn't want to go here, if my kids don't want to go here, what are we doing? Yes. So I, this is great. This is a fantastic. Uh, that's a great litmus test for us to, to use. I think there's so many church leaders who are a part of churches. In fact, actually, this has been one of those questions in close friendship I've I've asked to leaders over the years. I've said, well, if they weren't paying you, would you go to this church, right? If you weren't on the team, if you weren't leading this thing, were you, were you, would you be a part of this thing? So how, so I, I think that's a really penetrating question, can be a really penetrating question. Um, what, how has that worked itself out in your own leadership? How have you found yourself leading more of a church that you like more today than you did, uh, you know, last year as you continue to kind of grow in this? Yeah, it can't just be about personal preference, right? Because if if I'm just killing every worship song I don't like, then it's like, why why do I even employ anyone? Sure, you know, even on a volunteer basis to help out with that. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's got to be about something deeper. It's about is this a community where I'm drawn to? And so my wife and I, um, and in our first ministry where we learned a whole lot and but knew we weren't going to be there forever, we prayed, God, wherever we land. We wanted to be a place where we have deep friendships. And that was Mm -hmm. the most important thing to us. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to create a community Yes, that, yes, was on mission, that that baptized the lost, that served the community. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But while doing that, we created these deep lifelong friendships. Mm -hmm. And so then as the leader, I have to think through the lens of, am I creating that for the people around me as well? Right? Am I creating environments where I and my wife and my kids and this guy and that girl and this student are all having the opportunity to create deep friendships. And so that ties in the open brokenness thing because friendships Mm -hmm. really are created by vulnerability. Um, But that's where the leadership thing comes in. So it's not just like about me. It's about Mm -hmm. creating that same experience I want for everybody. Yeah, I love that. So I I love this idea of open brokenness as well. I think that is, I think there was a previous generation or maybe two where this idea that senior leaders, particularly, they were like untouchable human beings. They were the people that like were super, a lot of times super men, frankly, um, but they were folks that po- people just couldn't connect with. How how are you leading differently from a place of open brokenness uh, when you, you know, then, then how is that helping you kind of change the way you lead, change the way you kind of orient yourself to your team, to the people around you? So I think um, vulnerability, one of, one of my friends uh, I'm on staff with, a guy named John, uses this phrase, bubble guts. You know, we all know the okay. feeling yes. of having the bubble guts. And I think vulnerability is when you share the thing that gives you the bubble, bubble guts. Mm. And so it's appropriate, like for different audiences, different things will give you that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm one-on-one mm-hmm. with the best friend, it's going to take a lot more depth to give me that than if I'm on stage in front of people I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's taken that risk that every time is a risk. I mean, we say mm-hmm. faith, you know, we didn't make this up, but faith feels like risk. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like. Mm-hmm. And so with, if we want to create that culture, we have to continually be going to that place of risk and vulnerability. And so, you know, two examples I've done is we did a series through the Song of Solomon. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it a year ago now? It all kinds mm-hmm. of run, runs together, yes, right? It's all running together um, these days. <laughs> and... I knew, hey, we're having this long series on sex. We have to talk about porn. And then I got this sick feeling in my stomach. That means I have to talk about porn. Mm. And so I got up and did a whole sermon that said, hey, guys, this is just my personal journey. And I talked about my exposure to it as a teenager and how Mm. I hid it and got caught and how I looked at it in Bible college and and confessions Mm. I had to make to my wife in our 20s and Mm. struggles I still have. And Mm -hmm. I started by saying at most churches, I think the sermon would get me fired. Um, but this <laughs> sure. is the church we are, right. right? And I think some of that is a generational thing, like you mentioned. But it even goes to a year and a half ago. Um, I'd gone to our board of overseers, board of elders, and told mm-hmm. them this and realized I couldn't keep it a secret there and, and said, you know, in a sermon when it was appropriate, y'all, I just want to quit. Mm. Like I'm done. Like my, my, my faith is fine. My marriage is healthy. Our church finances are fine. Like there's no skeleton in the closet here, but I'm just like tired. Mm. And, you know, I use that to talk about rest and rhythms mm. and long-term rhythms. But um, I just think if I'm going to be the leader of a church of open brokenness, unfortunately, that means I have to be the one who's open about my brokenness. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll, uh, that's great. Fantastic. You know, one of the things I'm sure there's no doubt there are church planters who are listening in and, um, you know, they're early in the in the journey. They're at the place where they, you know, they look at their church of 90 people and they're like, man, that's, uh, it feels like a long road between where we are today and 
you know, and where things are at Mosaic. Um, what coaching advice do you give to to church leaders who may find themselves in the in the beginning of that long journey? They kind of find themselves, uh, you know, thinking about hmm, how how am I going to do the things we need to do over an extended period of time? Uh, you know, in those in those days where it feels like. Um, the week to week is super long, let alone thinking 12, 13 years later, that seems like, you know, seems like a very long time. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's yeah. a grind. It is a yeah. grind. And there's two things I remind him of. One, one is a sermon that just stuck with me, has stuck with me for years. I grew up at um, Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was a part of that church as a member from when it was 1,000 to 16,000. And I remember when the, the day the pastor was leaving, who had grown up from 60 to 16,000, and he told all these amazing stories. But then he said this line that, that I hope I never forget. He said, we've had a lot of great days in the history of this church, but the real story of this church is many, many people doing their duty day in, day out, week after week, mm-hmm. year after year. And I've just never mm-hmm. forgotten that because that's just so mm-hmm. true, whatever context you're in. And then the other thing I think that that is just I've had to go back to so often is the parable of the sower, mm. because I've heard sermon. I've actually preached sermons on this where it's like, what is the soil of your heart? But when you read it, that's not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is teaching that to kingdom workers. And he's mm. saying, look, people will leave. People won't mm. grow. People will wither. But you mm. just keep irrationally going because somewhere one person's going to get it and it's going to get a big harvest that you may never see. And that is so mm. hard. And that is mm-hmm. so, so long-term thinking that, that we don't think of, you know, it's like, what's the fastest growing church this year. Uh, but I think Jesus has that in there for a very specific reason. And I think it's people who lead ministries. I think right. that's what it is. Right. Absolutely. This idea of, of sticking at it and continuing to um, spread seed and get out into the field and, at, you know, absolutely. Now, I, uh, so you, you've written a book actually for church planners called The Con- Contrarian Guide to Church Planting. I love, so uh, the thing that ca- caught my attention in the back of the book, I uh, love this. Most of what you've heard about church planting is wrong. That's right. Uh, <laughs> dead wrong, it, it, you say. So what is it that people are hearing about church planting that's frankly just wrong? That's like, hey, that, that that's just not what it's like. So I wrote this book. <laughs> I wrote this book for people like me, because when we began this church planting journey, we did not check the boxes that people were looking for. I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. not an extrovert. I'm a, you know, I even have some friends who are introverts, but can still like fake being the life of the party. That ain't me. Um, so that's a big one. Um, our experience uh, was not in preaching. And so, you know, it was a big risk with that. Mm. And there's just a whole lot of people who are told with right motives, right? Of like, hey, you know, we want to set you up for success. So if if you're this, you should plan a church. Mm. And I just think um, we are limiting the possible impact on the kingdom by by doing that. So it's not really a how-to book. There's lots of good tools on that, conferences, Mm. podcasts, all that for church planting. It's more, hey, if you've just wondered or if you feel like, I'm a little different. I'm wired a little differently than most other church planners. That's who it's for. Mm. And what would you say some of that wiring, like for maybe other leaders that you've engaged with that um, might not be on its surface, um, you know, the kind of thing that people would say, oh, you would be great at church planting, but actually that kind of wiring could be amazing, could actually be the kind of thing God could use. And, and how have you seen that work out in people's lives? 
Well, you have to be a leader. I think it, there's a, just a bigger principle than a specific description. And the principle, and um, I talk about briefly in the book, is it, it, it's so simple, but we just ignore it. It's mm. what are your unique gifts? Go use them like crazy. Right, right. And so, and not just limit it to a spiritual gift test. Like one of, one of my natural wirings is competition. If okay. I am, yep. you know, I'm going to the gym after we record this and I'm going to try and lift more weight than I did last week. And I have it written down and I will moan and groan trying to get that extra weight. When I ran marathons every year, I had to get a faster marathon time. I mean, you know, right. if I'm saving money, I better have more money saved next year than this year. Yeah, And, and that's just who I am. Um, but I can use that for the kingdom. And so I, I measure myself against myself. I measure, you know, how many hours do I spend on sermons and, you know, um, what, what percent of people are we baptizing? And I, I just get crazy with numbers and my staff makes fun of me and they think I'm completely weird because I am. And if, <laughs> if our church got a new leader, they would do it completely different. But that's how I'm wired. And so I can use that to motivate me for kingdom reasons and kingdom purposes. And I think all of us have something like that in us. Is what is the thing so in you that you can use that you think, well, that's just like what the Enneagram says, or that's just, you know, a passion I had in high school. No, run with it. Like pour mm. gas on that and totally use that and blow that thing up for the kingdom because God made you a certain way that you can bring something. Even if you've never heard a seminar book, if you can't find the Bible verse about it, just go with it. Be yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and use that for the kingdom. I, a lot of here's what's interesting. A lot of the quote unquote famous pastors that had the biggest followings or most mm -hmm. YouTube views or whatever. The thing that's so attractive about them is they're just themselves, right? Right. And I can like I, you know I went through my stage where I tried to be like Rob Bell and I tried to be Andy Stanley and I <laughs> did do my Tim Keller phase and I'm sure there was some Stephen Furtick thrown in there. But um, the thing about all of those people is they're just being themselves. Right. And when I am myself, that's what I need to learn from those guys is just be Carl. Absolutely. Well, and I love that because I, I think there are, well, there's definitely leaders who are listening in who are struggling in the spot they're in. And I love with the picture you're painting for the future of, of their church and the church that, and them as leader within that church saying, Hey, what is, how has God wired you? How has you, has, how has he got you fired up? And then let's lead out of that place. Um, and time and again, I totally agree with you. I've seen that time and again. Um, God seems to use that. God seems to accelerate that. And and, and ultimately, in the middle of that, hopefully, as a leader, uh, you find yourself serving in a more life giving, excited, like you say, to the full, uh, you know, life, which is amazing, which is in, incredible. How have you encouraged that with uh, leaders around you? How do you help? Maybe you've had some staff you've need to reposition into different areas, or or uh, there's folks on your team you've said, mm, like maybe this isn't really working. You're not fitting in the right spot. How have you worked that out with other folks? It's, it's clear as kind of the person leading the church, you get the opportunity to do that. Uh, but how do you do that with other folks uh, in your community? Well, again, this is such simple stuff, but I'm just so slow to catch on to it sometimes, <laughs> is we had a woman that I love, great personality, big personality, fun, loves the Lord, loves our church, um, as our groups director. And then we realized in our style of doing groups, it's very much simply an administrative role. It's a systems role. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, we did some reorganization where we put more people on groups because there was less staff needed for Sunday morning for the time being. And 
um, as we picked up rocks and looked at the squiggly things, we realized this is a mess. And then they came to me and said, Carl, we love her. We don't like that you put her over groups. What are you thinking? Okay. Okay. Interesting. And we moved her to a new role in our creative department and she's thriving and she's just kicking butt because that's not her gift. That's not her passion. And I think we all have to do stuff we don't want to do. And I never want to be that guy who's too good to do something I don't want to do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if, I, if I'm not willing to take out the trash, then I should give up working yes. in church today. Yes. Um, but there just has to, for all of us, be this continual examination of how can I do what only I should do? And what I should do comes down to how am I uniquely wired? Right. Love it. So good. Well, I, I want to encourage people to pick up a copy or two of the Contrarian Guide to Church Planting. Um, where can they get this? Amazon? Are there other places we want to send them to pick up? Uh, it is exclusively on Amazon. So Perfect. if your Great. audience doesn't use Amazon, I just don't know what they're doing with their life anyway. But uh, be <laughs> yeah, nice, leave a, leave a review. But it's up there. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about it. We, you know, we delve into some more of what we've talked about today. And it's really just a tool. It's the book I wish I had when mm-hmm. I set out to plant a church. When you got started. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Well, friends, I'd encourage you to pick that up. Uh, anything else, Carl, you'd say as we wrap up today's episode and, and uh, you know, put a bow on it here? Yeah. I'd just say, you know, just because of what we ended up talking about today, I would just tell those pastors you were talking about, those ministry leaders who, you know, find themselves in a small situation or a not growing situation, don't give up. Don't give mm-hmm. up. God sees you. You're not alone. You are doing a good work. Keep listening to this podcast, keep reading those leadership books, keep grinding. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Thanks so much, Carl. Appreciate you. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church to kind of follow along with the story, where do we want to send them online? Yeah. MosaicChristian.org is our website. And you know, that's our, you know, Mosaic Christian Church on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really do social media, so uh, (laughs) they can send me an email if they want. Email's on the website. Perfect. Thanks so much, Carl. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.